Daily Drive is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses continue to work together to make a difference now and shape the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Daily Drive. I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News. It's Friday, August 27th. According to the United Nations, 68% of the world's population is projected to live in urban areas by 2050. At the same time, says the World Economic Forum's Jeff Merritt, head of urban transformation for the organization, cities are facing unprecedented challenges ranging from climate change to COVID-19, as well as struggling to deliver city services like transportation equitably among all of its citizens. He also says governments running these cities cannot address these complex issues alone. It's going to take public-private partnerships, and the Forum has been hard at work creating those type of collaborative ecosystems in cities like Beijing, Mumbai, New York, San Francisco, and Tokyo. Last week, the WEF, along with business and government leaders from Detroit and Michigan, including Mayor Mike Duggan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Detroit Regional Partnership President and CEO Maureen Donahue Kraus, Bedrock CEO Kofi Bonner, and Detroit Economic Growth Corporation President and CEO Kevin Johnson announced that the city of Detroit would serve as the global headquarters for the Forum City for Urban Transformation. Its mission? To serve as a hub for the work being done worldwide to transform urban environments, as well as create an ecosystem in the city of public-private players that can serve as an inspiration for the world. Merritt says transforming transportation so that it is available and affordable to anyone living in cities is only one way to create economic opportunity in low-income and traditionally marginalized communities. He also says the know-how in Detroit when it comes to transportation is going to be an important aspect of the broader work the Forum and its partners are doing to transform city living. How will automakers and suppliers be part of the Detroit-based Global Center for Urban Transformation? What's next? And how will the work in Detroit impact cities around the world? We've reached Jeff Merritt, head of urban transformation for the World Economic Forum in the Bay Area. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today on the Daily Drive podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for spending a few minutes and taking a few minutes out of your schedule. Big news coming out of the World Economic Forum in the city of Detroit, and that is regarding a partnership that you all are calling the Center for Urban Transformation. Can you tell us a little bit what that is about and what the objective of this partnership is? Sure. What I mean, really, what we're trying to do here uh, is to provide some extra support for for cities during really trying times. Uh, you know, we're living in an unprecedented age right now. Uh, whether you're looking at the, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic that that still is sort of, you know, trucking along, unfortunately, or you're looking at, uh, you know, the extreme weather and and climate change issues, cities are are at the forefront of this, right? They're the ones that are that are bearing the brunt. Ninety five percent of COVID cases are happening in cities. You know, cities are the ones that have to keep us safe when when we've got flooding and and they're stretched really to capacity. And so 
the World Economic Forums, the International Organization for Public-Private Cooperation. And our aim here is to really bring in uh, the cavalry, bring in some extra uh, private sector support to help cities uh, overcome these challenges and pave a path forward. It's so interesting because when you talk about the future of mobility and automotive, Generally, it gets to connectivity and autonomous and electrified. And those are all very important topics as OEM suppliers and dealers bring these new emerging technologies, these new types of of vehicles with these new technologies to market. But it's interesting to me when you talk about cities, some of the guests I've had in recent weeks have talked about these emerging transportation technologies and mobility solutions, not through the lens of the vehicles and the technology itself, but this notion of how those technologies create equitable transportation. Can you talk about why that's important, in particularly in urban and city environments? Absolutely. Look, if there's a if there's a takeaway from the last year and a half of the COVID pandemic, uh, I think that it's how unequal the implications of emergencies and crises are um, on not only urban residents, but just folks around the world, right? That if you look at who was most impact, who who was ultimately ending up in the in the emergency rooms? If who was it at the end of the day who was most impacted by an inability to go to work and these layoffs? It's it's low income uh, individuals. It's it's people of color. It's people with disabilities. Right. A lot of these real systemic long running inequities really were brought to the surface uh, during this pandemic. And, you know, as time uh, sort of goes on, we're only going to see more of these types of challenges. And if we can't address these equity issues, we're not going to be able to see the types of quality of life improvements. We're not going to see the vibrant communities and cities that, that we all want to live in. Um, this is a real issue that we've got to address. And transportation and mobility is such a, a foundational part of our economy. Uh, if you look at you know our ability to actually do work. We we rely on on transportation to get to work. We rely on transportation to do our work in many cases, and that you know low income communities rely more on on public transportation. Right, they have less resources. Um, if their car breaks down, it impacts them more. And so there's a direct relationship between our ability to provide inclusive transportation and mobility and our ability to have a thriving, sustainable, resilient economy. Well, to your point, I mean, the people that need this sort of help the most are the people that don't don't have access to these these systems on an everyday basis, whether these systems don't go through their neighborhoods whether they don't have the money to pay for these types of rides. This is really an effort, at least in the things that I've studied, that this type of equitable transportation for all citizens really is a 
a process, if you will, a lever to lift all ships higher within an urban environment. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, let, let me just give you one very specific example. Uh, let's say that you're wheelchair bound, right? It, generally, if you're wheelchair bound, you're you're more reliant on on public transportation. You know, usually um, buses are really key because you know buses in the United States, for example, um, are are designed to be able to accommodate wheelchairs. Well, now all of a sudden you're in a pandemic, uh, and you're putting yourself at risk going on a bus with other folks where you're in close contact. You don't have the luxury of just hopping into uh, an automobile, perhaps, and driving yourself to work. And so we need to, you know, have more solutions out there. And so one of the announcements that just came out this month that the World Economic Forum had been working with Hyundai uh, and the city of LA and we were able to roll out this program called Enable LA, in which Hyundai is is basically fitting a number of their SUVs, making it easier for um, individuals in wheelchairs to be able to to ride in the S- SUVs. And there's a there's a service program in an on-demand service program in LA that's now helping to fill this gap, so that. If you can't safely take public buses, that there's other choices, right? I think this is a good example of the the type of sort of all hands on deck approach that we need to take, where city governments, private sector are trying to look at how do we address some of these challenges, how do we make sure our cities, our mobility, are are better for all residents. In the press release uh, regarding the partnership with Detroit, I think one of the things that really resonated with me was the importance of public private partnerships certainly you're alluding that to that with the example you just shared with Hyundai in the city of LA can you talk about how the world economic forum serves as a convener of those partnerships what's what's the world economics role in bringing all of these these various parties together so you know, most folks know probably the World Economic Forum based on this annual event that we have in uh, the city of Davos in in Switzerland. And it's a time that every once every year we bring together uh, world leaders from government and the private sector. And we're focused on a lot of these these big global issues, right? Climate change, um, you know, in the past, peace deals have been brokered at Davos. We've been uh, able to to look at issues of deforestation and the environment, uh, but also, you know, how do we fight infectious diseases? And and really what uh, we're doing here is we're we're directing that focus uh, towards cities and and what do I mean exactly? Well, why you know the reason that we're we're bringing together these companies is they have tremendous resources, right? They've got financial resources, staff resources, expertise, and and we ultimately want to be bringing that to bear to address big global challenges where you know left on their own, sort of government private sector might not be able to to solve these problems, but working together, we think we can make progress. So same thing exists in 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 cities. And I think, unfortunately, though, the norm in cities has been that the burden of responsibility falls on government. And then perhaps if you get business involved, it's icing on the cake, right? You look and I spent most of the last decade 
working in, uh, for city government in New York, and I was really proud of some of the the long-term strategic plans that we put together. You know, and we'd think about, for example, in the mobility space, right? How can we make it so that um, you know, do we decrease commuting times? But we always started by saying, what is it that government is going to do, right? Uh, the burden. And the expectation was that we were going to solve that problem on its own. Well, governments expect to do more and they've got less resources that are available to them, particularly during sort of economic downturns like now. And so really what we're trying to do here and what we will be doing is is looking at bringing the business community together along with you know, community organizations, academic institutions, uh, and and government to say, okay, here's what we want to see for our city. What can we each contribute to solving this problem? And and really look on a level playing field about where each stakeholder is invested in this future, um, and we need to think about what we what value, what assets we can bring to the table. Let's get a little bit narrow there and talk yeah. about those objectives. Talk about the announcement made last week around the Global Center for Urban Transformation in Detroit. Why Detroit to help move forward this this vision and this mission of the World Economic Forum? So there's really two parts to this. There's the past and there's the future. Um, that Detroit, you know, has a history that in many ways, I think, tells a story of of change. Um, you know, we have a, a city that was once the wealthiest or one of the wealthiest cities in the world uh, that, you know, was the global hub of innovation. And then the world changed and, you know, sort of hard times hit Detroit, right? Uh, and And now we are you know, experiencing a comeback, but there's still a lot of real deep, tough challenges that Detroit faces. And so when we talk about, you know, the transformation, I think it's an acknowledgement of the fact that uh, in the years ahead, cities are going to have to be constantly evolving, constantly transforming and adapting to disruption from technology, uh, you know, challenges, whether they be public health pandemics or uh, or weather conditions or various instability. And that the, the key here is to chart a course where, you know, government private sectors working together here um, and we think that there's a real unique social fabric um, to Detroit that the the history of innovation the the spirit of entrepreneurship creativity is alive and well in Detroit and that's really going to be charting a, a positive course forward so it, you know when we look to the future of Detroit I think there's a there's a potential opportunity here for a, a new model for more inclusive, sustainable urban development and an economy ultimately where uh, everyone can can thrive and uh, be successful. We'll be right back with more. Innovation. Resilience. Agility. It's how Michigan businesses work together and continue to build the future. Our expertise talented workforce and collaborative environment are making a difference now 
and shaping the future. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to put your plans in motion. That's michiganbusiness.org slash radio. You have, it appears like a lot of support from throughout the state and the city itself. The governor, the lieutenant governor, mayor of Detroit, CEO of the regional chamber, etc., all are speaking in very high regard to this announced partnership. It's curious to me that there are no automakers or suppliers that are, at least in, in the materials that I've read, uh, and, and no comments from them. I'm, you know, can you talk about what role automakers and suppliers might have in this effort to transform Detroit and in, in that urban environment? So the the automotive community has a critical role to play in the future. There's no doubt about that, and that's that's not only in Detroit, where obviously it's a it's a key part of the the economy, but in in, in cities around the world uh, that you need we need to be thinking about you know the how transportation is going to evolve, and we need to be really thinking about how do we design and and grow our cities uh, with mobility front and center there. In Detroit, we're thinking about sort of the economic development and how the city is going to change. The automakers really have to be, you know, we have to have an honest dialogue about the changes that we're going to see in the years to come. Uh, And and we need to think about what is the, the best economic development strategy for the city so that it can evolve, that we can uh, open the door for for new industries to grow. So I think that we're at the beginning of uh, uh, an honest dialogue here about sort of economic transformation, about industry transformation, and really we look forward to working uh, hand in hand with, with the auto industry as part of that. What do day-to-day operations look like? Will the WEF be building a staff in Detroit? How does this work day in, day out? So one of the things that I'm excited about is we have a really strong partnership with uh, Bedrock. And Bedrock, uh, as as your listeners may know, uh, it's part of Dan Gilbert's sort of rocket group of companies. Uh, it's the largest real estate uh, developer in Detroit. And, and what that means is that we're going to be able to make sure that we're doing sort of real hands-on work. This isn't about sort of thought leadership. This is really about ultimately sort of shaping the, the development of, of Detroit. And so we'll ha- be luckily able to be part of their uh, downtown real estate portfolio. So we'll have a, a physical location downtown uh, in the sort of coming years, we're going to relocate to a, an area the, uh, for folks in Detroit, it's a, the Gratiot site. It's a, a new innovation district that's being developed there. And so that's going to create a space where we're going to be able to sort of do convenings and events. Uh, but it also, I think, can be a hub where hopefully we can build out some some new fellowship programs, some different ways in which we can uh, be helping connect Detroit to the the global community, because that's ultimately a big piece of this. It's 
It's a global center at the end of the day. Um, we're headquartered in Detroit, and Detroit's an important part of uh, the story that we want to tell about what's possible. However, we want to be able to connect together cities around the world. So how does this complement similar work that I understand is underway in Beijing, Geneva, Mumbai, a few other cities around the world? How does the work planned in Detroit connect to and or complement those other efforts in, in other cities? Yeah, so this is really the a key role for the World Economic Forum as this sort of connector that what we're able to do is to help crowdsource, if you will, or sort of curate the sort of tried and tested approaches that that are working well around the world. And on one hand, what's I think important is to to recognize approaches that cities are taking that can be scaled, but we also don't want to to ever try and just copy and paste something that worked in one city and another, right? We Every city has its own sort of unique culture and you don't want to lose that, right? Uh, and so there's, there's some efforts that uh, are going to come out of Detroit that I think we can essentially export, if you will, to other parts of the world. Uh, and and the same thing goes for you know cities, be it you know it might be Shanghai, it might be um, London, right? It might be Cape Town, you name it. And and so we have a global network. I've got uh, my team currently is is spread around. 14 cities around the world. So we've got an on the ground presence working with a lot of cities and, and that enables us to both identify these, these good practices, but also then make sure that we're connecting together key stakeholders who can, can learn from each other and potentially work together. Speaking of learning from each other, speaking of best practices, any examples of cities that are getting this right, that are transforming their their urban environments to address a lot of the concerns, a lot of the objectives, the vision of of what this partnership with Detroit is meant is designed to to address. I think in every city you have success stories and you have challenges. I, I would never want to paint a picture that any city's getting everything right. Uh, and you know so oftentimes you know we'll, We'll talk about things that might be happening in, say, a city like Helsinki, um, where let's just use, you know, when we talk about transportation, you've got a, a completely integrated uh, uh, multimodal transportation system there where it, it's very easy for you to sort of map out how you could uh, take a combination of different uh, you know, ride sharing tools and public transportation to get from point A to point B with, you know, a single source of payment. There's there's great things happening in, in different cities around the world. I don't think that any city's nailed every element of it, right? Um, and definitely a lot of cities have, have unique challenges. So that's why I think part of what's helpful here is to, to have a sort of neutral independent entity like the forum that can help highlight, showcase uh, the great work that's happening in different cities and and play a bit of sort of matchmaker. And and what we're each trying to do in, in a city is to find that right combination of different elements that work well together. But uh, there, there will never be 
a a model of this is how you make a thriving city. Every city is going to be unique, uh, and that's part of the the magic of of this space and why I love it so much. So, what does success look like? And and I'm, I'm making this up, right? Is is it number of passengers that ride multimodal systems? Is it free number of students that go through some sort of pre bono STEM literacy program. What does success look like in these types of initiatives? So at a macro level, what success looks like is we want to live in cities and like we recognize that that cities are a place that, um, you know, we can we can raise our kids and you know they they learn we in, we get to enjoy our day-to-day life all the activities all the culture all the arts you know there's this nice balance in our day-to-day lives uh, that the the different parts of the puzzle work right like the the economy is growing the community is vibrant that's at a sort of high level macro piece and and I do think that's only possible through public private cooperation because simply put uh, you know there's only so much that our governments can do on a sort of initiative uh, level I think it gets down to our ability to provide benefits to you know all community residents, right? That that we're not just ultimately providing good services and good experiences for folks who have the most resources, right? That can pay for them, but that we are providing a, a baseline level of good services uh, for the entire community, regardless of your your resources, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your abilities, right? And, and and that's why, you know, that's ultimately why we need public-private cooperation to sort of watch out for, for the benefit of us all. So what's next? Um, you know, when specific to Detroit, yeah. what what are what are some of the next steps? What do we have to look forward to? What's the city of Detroit have to look forward to in the coming weeks, months, and years ahead? So the the first thing is that we're actually formally launching this in October, and so um, you know this this last week's announcement was really about our plans, and so it's going to really come to life in October, where you're going to see a set of uh, events, a set of announcements uh, about the specific issue areas that we're going to be working on, the special, specific coalitions coming together to drive change. Um, as part of that, for example, I'm, I'm looking forward to launching a new fellowship program on on urban development. And so there's going to be more opportunities for uh, local businesses, local residents, uh, government uh, public servants to sort of get involved. And so that's what's coming sort of right down uh, the pipeline now. And uh, and I think you're going to see a lot more attention to, uh, to the city of Detroit um, in the years ahead. And you're going to see a lot more uh, attention to just broader innovation happening in cities. Um, so I'm hoping this is a, the beginning of a new era of you know, our cities not only sort of coming back um, from the COVID pandemic, but really building a, a more sustainable, resilient future uh, that we all want to be part of. Where can folks that might be interested in learning more, where can they go find out more information? 
So to learn more, you can uh, just visit, a, we've got a intake site, if you will. It's just uh, takeaction.city. That's the URL. If you go there, you can sort of put in your information. We'll add you on to uh, a mailing list and we'll keep you updated on upcoming events and announcements. Jeff, thank you so much. As a longtime resident of southeastern Michigan, I can say that Detroit has come a very long way over the last decade. Thanks a lot to to some of the companies and names that we've mentioned in this podcast. Really excited to see how the Global Center for Urban Transformation continues to drive what I think many are seeing as a resurgence of the city in Detroit and how that is really going to benefit cities and citizens and humans around the world. Thank you for taking some time and thank you to you and the World Economic Forum and all of these partnerships uh, for really making a difference. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. That's Daily Drive for Friday, August 27th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash Daily Drive. I'll be back on Monday when we'll talk about legal considerations as the industry and government mandates push us towards a future of electrified transportation. In the meantime, and as always, thanks for listening and enjoy the weekend.